All right, welcome back to a brand new episode of Growing Up Gay with your boy Vaughn. It's Malik. Yes, hope you all are doing well. Hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever it is that you all choose to listen to this episode. Uh, it is a whole new month once this drops. Yes, yes, yes it's it November. Is. It's the last two months of the year. Happy November. Um, it is also just days before Election Day. So that should be interesting as well. Um, yeah. Slightly terrified. It's, it, it, I'm a little like weirded out thinking about it, honestly, because I just hope that I'm, I have hope. I have yeah. hope. I have faith that it's going to go how it's supposed to go. Whew. I pray that Biden and Kamala turn it out. Yeah. Because I she deserves to be vice president. Yeah. We deserve to see a black a black woman as vice president. Yeah, and we also don't deserve another four years of And Trump. we do also do not deserve <laughs> I cannot another take four it. years Listen, of a Cheeto in office. The good folks over in Canada are welcoming four hundred and sixty thousand new residents. Wow. Um in the next few years to stimulate their economy. And um I might be one of them <laughs> if uh, y'all's cousins don't go out and vote for um, Mr. Biden. Please, okay? please get out and vote, y'all. Please do. Please get out and vote. I think please it's vote. so important. And vote for Biden. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I am. Okay. Yes. But I will just urge you to get out and use your voice. Yes. Don't vote Green Party, please. Don't write in Kanye West. <laughs> um, don't do none of that dumb shit. Please vote for Biden. Even if you don't really care for him, guess what? That's fine. You don't have to love him. But what we do have to do is get Trump out of the White House. But with that being said, Fred, how has your week been? My week's been special. Has it? Yeah, it's been special. My week's been special. Um, I, you know, I, I've just been, you know, you and I talked on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And I was driving to, I was heading to, um, to Athens to teach. Shout out to Fuel Hot Yoga. Shout out to Joan Lynn, the owner of Fuel Hot Yoga, who is the baddest thing in town, um, who I completely adore. And I'm so thankful to be a part of, officially to be a part of the Fuel Hot Yoga community as a featured teacher there because Fuel Hot Yoga is such an amazing teacher. And so me and Joan Lynn, we talked about it like, um, like she was like, hey, so you know, we're gonna put you on the side and you know we're gonna start streaming your classes and da 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 you know just really you know, just really like talking about like you know like the the logistics the logistics of me joining the family there and so it was really excited exciting and this week I was just like reflecting on like oh my gosh I've been able to do some of the things that I said I was gonna do. Yeah. And I'm so happy about that. And it's just it's just been um exciting because we're always beating ourselves up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always beating ourselves up, even when we're in the midst of like something that could be like something to be marveled at, something that we should be like, you know, excited for, grateful for. We still will be like, oh, well, this, 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 this. And we, we, don't, we, we don't take the time to smell the roses. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like this week, just me having a lot of feeling a lot of gratitude this week has made me very excited and happy and very joyful. Um, so, you know, I, I I, I'm excited about, you know, teaching a lot more now back in the studio in a studio that I really love and respect and that is widely respected in, you know, nationally in the yoga community. Um, so 
Shout out to Fuel. Shout out to Lifeform, my sponsor. I, bitch, a bitch got a sponsor, y'all. <laughs> no Tierra. No Tierra. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, this week is just, it's just been about just for me, just reflecting on, on the things I've been able to do. Amador is going well. You know, I'm excited about that. You know, our show is 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 going. It's going, and, 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 and we and we continue to just like have such amazing conversations yeah. that people are always saying, "Oh, I love I love y'all show." Actually, and it's speaking just like, of that, and shout it's out, just so awesome. Shout out to the homie Corey. He was telling me that he was really um, so happy that we were back to podcasting because it's hard to find like podcast that he can like relate to that have good conversation and he was saying that he said all these very nice things uh about us and our show um so shout out to him but shout out to you Corey. yes but but you know to that point we both are always saying that right sharing these conversations because there there are people that will always say oh malik i i like the show i like the show i like the topics that i I like the things that y'all are talking about and i just think that that is something that we really have to like I guess you know marvel at a lot more because yeah, celebrate it. More. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know we, we have to celebrate it a lot more because there aren't many spaces. Shout out to Millennium Miss. Yes. Okay. Shout out to them doing their motherfucking thing. Shout out to Savoy. Yes. Over at Eat Pray, Eat, Thought. Pray Thought. Yes. Shout out uh, <laughs> to Jaden XD. Yes. Bitch. All the all the shout the, out the, the to everybody yes. because there are so many people podcasting. Boys next door, him. I'm like I'm not gonna get into it, but you know, all in all, this week has been about gratitude, and I've just um, just been feeling it, and so I love that. Um, yeah, how you feeling? That. I've been good. I've had a, um an interesting week. The power went out here in Atlanta. Oh gosh! So I didn't have power for like a good 36 hours, which was so interesting because I couldn't work. <laughs> Um, and the power decided to cut back on right before I had to go to work. <laughs> right before I had to go to work. I yeah, was that's like, bullshit. Yeah. well, how would they know? They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Listen, <laughs> my shit's still off. Yeah. I can't um, clock in, y'all. I can't come. Right. I, well, I text, funny enough, I text my my um, my manager. I was like, hey, uh, I can't come to work today because the power's out. And he never got the text, just to show you all. Never got the text. He was on vacation. I didn't know. Oh. He went on vacation because um, he was in our one. Of, he came to one of our meetings during the week. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize he wasn't on vacation. He just randomly, he said he popped in for the meeting uh, just for like that 30 minutes, but that he was on vacation that whole week. So he actually didn't get my text um, until like 7 p.m. when he randomly looked at his work phone. He saw the text and he was like, oh crap <laughs> um but it was okay I, it was a free day off from work on my birthday um so yeah i don't know i, I had a good week i had I, I spoke to so many people um that i didn't expect to speak to, with you know a lot of people called me for my birthday and were just you know had all these nice things to say and it was like wow i haven't talked to some of y'all since i was like a child mm. like literally one of my childhood best friends she reached out to me and i felt so bad because i didn't <laughs> i didn't call her on her birthday um uh, she's a Pisces, um, and I didn't call her on her birthday. We've literally been sen- friends since we were like, for, we were friends from seven to f- like fourteen. When I say friend, like best best friends from seven to fourteen, and she like has a daughter now, and like you know she's you know doing well for herself. And I got 
call from two people I went to high school with that I was like, hey, how did y'all get my number? <laughs> well, I know how one of them had my number, but it was like, how did you? And it was like, they had to tell me happy birthday. Aww. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, y'all making me That's feel sweet. Fresh? Yeah. I got like a lot of uh, a lot of very sweet messages, even on, on, on social media, a lot of sweet messages for my birthday. So that was cool. I've also been doing a lot of business stuff, trying to get some things squared away uh, business wise and just, you know taking care of myself that's what my goal and focus is right now i'm really trying to uh stop focusing on all the the mess and just you know do what i need need to be doing which we'll discuss a little later on yes we will in the episode and that actually brings us right into our get it together friend get it together this week friend you gotta get it together yes. all right so you guys this morning i taught um a workshop and it was a two-hour workshop and it was really awesome. And the and and at the end of the workshop, um, we did this five minute meditation called So Hum. And if you follow me on, on Instagram, I've done it before. Maybe maybe you've seen it. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> So Hum it stands for I am and really uh, yes. So Hum is it Asian? No, it's Indian. Oh, oh it's okay. Hindu. It's San- Sanskrit. Sanskrit is uh, one of the oldest languages. Uh, mm. One of the first languages was Sanskrit, and so Soham translates to "I am," and uh, it it is a meditation that is about the state of being. So to help ground yourself like in that. where you are, who you are, and just be okay and be comfortable with just being. And right. so after we did this meditation, we all came to the realization that um, there was a there. You know, they needed to let their magic be free. And um, one of the ladies was like, you know, just saying that, you know, I feel this humming all day long. And, you know, after I finish this, after I finish classes and, you know, that helps me feel more powerful. And so I think that although, you know, you may not do yoga or chant or meditate or, you know, whatever, but there is there are things that we all do that make us feel very magical Mm-hmm. And so doing those things more leads us to f- other feelings of blissness within other things. And it just kind of just naturally happens. And so um, I think if we continue to do things that make us feel as magical as possible, continue to add more into that. Right. As long as it's not, you know, destructive. And you guys know what you guys know what self-destructive behavior is. Um, but the things that make you feel most magical, and right now the things that make me feel most, most magical and things that, that, that are keep, keeping me the most grounded um, is teaching yoga and practicing yoga as much as possible. So, and, and that has, that is leading me to other things and other opportunities. So it's like, because I'm doing this one thing that makes me feel really good, mm-hmm. now I have the ability to do other things that, I'm learning, oh, wow, I like this just as much. Fruit is bearing trees. Yeah, the fruit is bearing trees, and that's what happens. So, you know, um, just keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing, your thing, your gag, your gimmick. Keep it going. (laughs) Keep doing it. And then the soil will harvest. Right. Period. Period. Get it together, girl. Yeah, um, because I think last week's Get It Together was don't lose your routine, right? So this one is perfect for this week because last week we talked about not 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 throwing your system away, mm-hmm. holding on to your system. So not only are you holding on to your system, but you're 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 watering your system, you're pruning your plant, you're making sure the soil is moist. Mm-hmm. Amen. Love that. 
Love that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, my get it together for this week um, is be honest. Be honest. Be honest. That's my song. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really want, and I think a lot of people should focus on being honest with themselves and with others. Um, just across the board, especially with ourselves. I think there's a lot of time, and this goes back into the topic that we have for this week's Growing Up Gay. Um, we spend so much, we can, sometimes we can spend so much time focusing on fluff or focusing on all the to-do that's going on in society that like we're not honest with ourselves as far as the things that we need, the things that we deserve, the things that we feel. I think we can often just mask it to just continue on. And I think that can be very dangerous mm-hmm. um, in more ways than, than, than the typical. I think it, it could have a bad effect for you. It can have bad effects for others. And I just want everyone to focus on being honest. But espe- with others, yes, but especially with yourself. You know, tell, hold yourself accountable to the things that you should be doing and you need to be doing. And um, just be honest with yourself. Stop lying to yourself, especially as we know we're getting older. You know what I mean? There are certain things that, you know, we can try to, to tuck in our back pocket and act like it's not bothering us. Or there are certain things that we can, like, continue to work through, you know, because that's what, you know, life has taught us to do, work through the trauma as opposed to, you know, stopping and acknowledging it and, and trying to better it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you got at some point you have to say to yourself, okay, I have to just be honest and address all of my issues, you know, whether that's going out and getting tested, whether that's having the conversation with someone that you're afraid to have, whether that's, um, you know, checking your bank account when you're having a weekend out and you're just spending and spending and spending. <laughs> Can you really afford that pair of shoes, friend? Mm. Do you really need that new bag? Do you? You know, should you really be booking that tri- trip to Tulum should you in the really middle of the pandemic? Your brother fifty dollars. Should you? Should you really be loaning your brother fifty dollars? Should you really be doing that? Right. Like, be honest with. We just have to start being honest with ourselves. That's something that I've really been practicing across the board. Is just being very honest, even with my work situation. Like, I got this new job. I was very thankful. It's with a great company. Has you know cute perks. But I had to be honest with myself that, like, I just don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't enjoy the job. I'm kind of over the whole structure of working for people in general, but I really don't enjoy the structure of this job. And I had to just be honest with myself and start applying for other jobs. And I was afraid to at first because I was like, how dare you? You know, you landed a good job in the middle of a pandemic. You know, you need to sit through and work and, 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 and you know, be appreciative and, and work. Like, do the job. And then I was like, mm, that's not me being honest with myself because I can't commit to, to performing at my absolute best if I don't care about what I'm performing. I just, I can't. I mean, I st- I'm still, I'm not dropping the ball. I'm still doing my job very well. <laughs> that's not what's going on. But I do know that I, I'm to a point where I don't care. And I'm someone that Malik knows. I'm very matter of fact about a lot of things. I'm very OCD about basically everything. So if I get to a point where I don't care about something, He's done. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like, check out. Check. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my get it together for this week. Um, I fucking love that. Thank and you. there's something that jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. I, I was just like so like in just in a trance of you talking. Um, Come on, trance. <laughs> yeah, you know, now, you know, you got that radio voice. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Yeah, it may it may come back to me. Yeah. But um, 
be I, I think like just being honest is so key and so crucial very much but so. one thing i know that i'm learning is how do i be honest yes how do i be more vulnerable yeah you know because on because i've 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 definitely been a liar before, right? Period. I have. And, and <laughs> so it's like when you're trying to figure out how do I stop lying for me, mm-hmm. what I've learned in therapy is that it's because I don't feel safe. There you go. It's because I don't feel like. That lie is a shield for something. It's, it's a shield for something. Yeah. And around that, I've been having to dig a little bit deeper and understand what exact what is happening with this relationship and this situation mm-hmm. that is making me feel this way that I need to shield from this interaction right and um so i live here get it together because i i, I really think it just it, it, it true it like it leads us down you know a really a really cool rabbit hole right so yeah be honest be honest <laughs> so with that being said we're gonna take a quick little break and we will be right back with y'all All right, so we are back with this week's Growing Up Gay. If this is your first time listening to the show, the Grown Up Gay segment is the meat and potatoes of our show. It is what the podcast is obviously named after, and it is a segment where Malik and I, or guests if we have them, uh, discuss um, a central topic, whether that's something that's happening in society or something, a topic that we've generated ourselves, um, like this week. Uh, So for this week, I wanted to discuss competition. Um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, uh, The Oprah Rose Show. Shout out to TT, Gigi, and Didi uh, over at The Oprah Rose Show. They have a wonderful podcast. It's uh, The name is Oprah Rose based off of Oprah and Amber Rose. Uh, so the show is basically the perfect yin and yang between Oprah and Amber Rose. Um, and it's these three millennials that are in the early to mid-30s just discussing life, career, a plethora of things. Very dope show. Um and this week, they were kind of having just a sit-down, catch-up episode, and Gigi started going off. Like, she went on this, like, it was like a ministry. <laughs> she was just, like, going for 30, like, 30 minutes straight. Um, and one of the topics that she touched on was competition and the need to compete and how society, especially modern-day society, is so different. She was saying that she was listening to the um, Michelle Obama's podcast, and Michelle was discussing dating in, in their generation because one of the things that G, uh, Gigi was talking about is how people need to start being more honest with themselves and finding someone, instead of worrying about all the superficial things, finding someone that loves their dirty draws. Mm-hmm. Like, stop worrying about whether that person is 6'5 or not and worry about whether they love you the way they should be loving you. <laughs> because a lot of people will find that in someone and give it up because of something superficial and then they wonder why they spend the next 20 years of their life you know, wandering aimlessly from shift left, shiftless nigga to shiftless nigga <laughs> or shiftless woman to shiftless woman. <laughs> so then she started discussing, um, and she said she stopped, she stopped listening to Michelle Obama's pod- podcast because Michelle was discussing dating and how she was saying like, oh, you shouldn't use like, utilize apps, you know, go out, meet people in bars, da, da, da. And she was saying that she realized in that moment that there was such a big generational gap that regardless of how much respect she had for Michelle, she had to stop listening because it just does not apply to her, mm-hmm. right? She lives. We live in a completely different generation as far as stimulation goes. Your significant other is consistently stimulated by people. It's not just the girl at work or the yep. guy at work. It's not just the person they saw at the gym. It is 
consistent stimulation on apps on 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 whether it's even if it's not something um sexually based it could be linkedin mm-hmm. like the the stimulation is just there consistently i mean and, like we have these push notifications on our phone right everywhere like even on our tvs right on the it, 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 when, if we're in a car we're listening to music you know mm-hmm. it's, it's on the dashboard it's everywhere and right. so we're like programmed to look for stimulation and right. for it to stimulate us so right I fucking feel that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So she was talking about just competition and it made me, it was a, a minute point for her, but it was, so, it really hit me like when she was talking and I realized a lot. And I think I've talked about it on this pod, on our podcast, even you know, since we've been back about how this year has been like really trying, trying to figure like, I feel like I'm trying to figure shit out. Like, when Kylie Jenner was like, you know, this year's about realizing things. <laughs> <laughs> when she said that, like, two years ago, I feel like that's what this year is for me. Like, it's about realizing things. And, like, one of the things that I've realized is I no longer want to compete. Yeah. I don't want to compete anymore in society. I don't. And I'm pretty tapped out. <laughs> I just want to take a breath right there because that's, yeah. like, a really big thing to say. Yeah. And when you said I was like, whew. I felt like a weight was lifted off of me when I said, when, when I heard you say that. Yeah. Just in this moment. Yeah. Because like that that's just such a big thing to say. Like I am tired. I I, I don't want to compete anymore. I don't. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. I've always marveled at how people are happy. And that sounds like a dumb thing to say. But how how did you like I think what was really important is like on this show, how did you get there? How how did you get to the point where you were able to say today mm-hmm. I don't want to compete anymore? Well, I honestly, when I was listening to, to the conversation, it made me, like I said, I was started thinking about a lot of different things. I started thinking about my own existence and how I exist and, like, even the things that I decide to partake in and the things that I don't partake in, like social media. I partake heavily in social media, but I don't like to share, share pictures. I don't like to share videos of myself a i've always said this i don't think it's that important like i don't think people need to see what i'm eating i don't think people need to see the out see the outfit that i'm wearing Mm -hmm. i just don't think anyone cares that much Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just my personal and i've already said that probably means you know i need to go to therapy and like value myself more or what the fuck ever i don't know but i'm I'm never like oh i'm out doing things someone needs to see this that's just not my natural mindset right i understand that's our generation it's just not my natural mindset right but i also had to be very honest with myself and admit that a part of the a part of that does stem from competition and because i am so ocd about everything i for me i can't just take a picture and post it i would have to i would be like the the kardashians where i have to like take the pic eight take eight million pictures bring it to somewhere edit it point out every little thing that i would want to fix and i don't want to go through all that (laughs) just to share (laughs) what i'm doing with other people right that's a lot of work yeah that's a lot of competition i don't want to compete in that and i also just had to had to start thinking about wanting to be happy right i feel like that's something that i've genuinely struggled with happiness for a very long time and like consistently being happy and granted no one is happy 24 7 I fully understand that. But like I've discussed on this podcast, there was a period for about 10 months from um, in 2018, from I would say like the beginning of 2018 to like fallish, ironically, October, like around my birthday, where I was just happy, mindlessly happy. Not saying I didn't have bad days, not saying that there weren't ever things that made me like upset or sad. But overall, for those 10 months, I was genuinely happy. 
And it was because I realized at that time I was doing so much for myself that I wasn't worried about anything or anyone else. Pardon me. But like this bitch got gas. Right. I'm like burping. (laughs) Um, When I was getting up and going to the gym, I wasn't doing it because I wanted to look good for Instagram. When I was, even when I was busting my ass at work, and it was one of those things where I was working. So, like, my whole life at that time was literally work, the gym, walking my dog, and, like, listening to music while I was driving. That's basically all I did. I rarely went out. Um, I was just locked in. And I was really, really happy. And it's because everything that I was doing was for myself. That was when I made the decision to move to New York, which was really, for me, really controversial because my mother was pissed. It was the first time that I had ever done something that my mother didn't want me to do. And I did it 100% for myself. And I just remember that those 10 months was just, was really freeing. And I realized I was no longer, I wasn't competing with anyone. And I remembered what even started to break that was when I started to feel the need to once again start to compete. And I will say it kind of started at work um, because I had these new director i had a new director i had this this whole new team of people that had never worked with me before and when you start any new job especially in the world of hospitality it's one of those things where people kind of want you to prove yourself mm-hmm. and i'm all and i've always been fine with that like i am competitive regardless of this competition you know this discussion about no longer wanting to compete i'm a naturally like uh competitive when it comes to performance like work and that kind of stuff and do you mean that more like in the sense of like you know you have like pride about what you yeah do who it's you not are. not I'm not like a yeah, sore loser yeah, kind of competitive like, yeah, no no bitch. no I just take everything that I do I take immense pride in yeah like especially anything that I'm gonna put my name on or any job that I have or any title that I'm given I, even singing I don't for years I would say I, I'm not a singer mm-hmm. right people would ask oh you'd be like oh you can sing or you're a singer and I'd be like no I'm not a singer because I never felt like my voice was good enough to hold the the, the, the claim of singer because when I think of singer I think of Whitney Houston I think of Mariah Carey yeah. I think of you know Iwa Poodles I think of vocalist yeah. Luther Vandross like I think of those kind of people so I was like bitch I'm not putting myself in that cl-. like I'm not sitting next to Duran calling myself a singer like that's not happening <laughs> right period, period. I'm, not. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not that gonna do that I'm not because then yeah. I gotta compete yeah right mm-hmm. then yeah. there's an expectation mm-hmm. of what you know, it's going to happen if you give me a mic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I just realized, like I said, during at that point, I after when I was listening to the podcast, it just really clicked for me that, like, I don't want to compete anymore. I want to mm-hmm. be happy. And in order for me to be happy, I have to stop worrying about everyone else and just do what's best for me. And that does mean I need to not compete anymore so i wanted to ask you friend like how do you feel like competing with society has hindered your journey in life or has it at all because i think for you someone that you worked the the corporate ladder and you were doing so well right and then you chose to forego all of that for yoga and to work independently and like you know I know you were saying that like there were people in your family that had their thoughts and opinions in regard to that, and you had to forge through it. I think that's you not competing. You were focusing on what is good for Malik. So what was that like for you? 
Like, what made you comfortable enough to say, I'm going to make this decision where I no longer feel the need to compete with society in the latter. I want to do what Malik wants to do. Mm. Bless. <clears throat> um, I think with, with my yoga journey in particular, I was someone that was, I was looking for something that would be fulfilling for me. Mm. And so yoga was something that was able to fulfill me daily. Mm. So I'm a person, I have a very addictive personality. And so if you give me a high that I can get every single day and, and also yoga was, was, was yoga was like part, oh my God, I lost all this weight, part cool, like, like my own little community that was Mm -hmm. fun, that, that people really liked me. So it was like, it was vanity for me. Mm -hmm. It was community driven. Um, they were nice people, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was cool. And then as I got deeper into it, it really, for me, was like, oh my God, I can sustain myself with this almost. Let's, right. you know, like, let's see. And then as I got deeper, so the longer I did yoga and then my, my interest in connection to it began to deepen mm-hmm. and it began to get to a point where it was less about the optics and the semantics and more about how can I heal people with this because mm. I've been healing myself with it. Um, and then at that point, I knew that I was like, damn, I've done so much giving 20%. What if I give another 20%? Right. What if I get 40%? And I was like, you know what? This, I'm not really feeling this job right now. One thing I know is that I bitch ain't never had, a, I bitch ain't never had an issue with going out and, and going and getting somebody's, somebody's job in right. sales or something. Like, I've never had a problem. And, and, and so it's like, you know what, if, if I've done it once, I could do it again. Right. But one thing I've never done is bet on myself. Mm. And I got that confidence from my journey with yoga of, um, of just, again, again, how we were saying earlier in the Get It Together, when you stick with something, it will bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me the, the confidence to be like, you know what, I, 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 don't, I don't have to compete in this corporate world. And I was the boss yeah. at my last job. You know, I reported to the vice president of sales. I was his head henchman. Right. And so I wasn't competing with anybody, honestly. Right. All of all of the people. You that, were the bar. I was I was the bar at that job, and all the people that were lateral to me had their own teams that they were doing something completely different. So I just wanted to just bet on myself, and 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 honestly, what I realized is that I was getting into more competition once I made once my decision. You- yeah. To bet on myself because, yeah. you know, there are, once you are out there and you are now, you know, you're, you're no longer the big fish now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you experienced this once you got to New York a little bit. Absolutely. Now you're, 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 you're a fish in this pond because there are a lot of black male yoga teachers. Right. It seems like they're not, but once you get on Instagram, <laughs> there are millions. Especially because there's been a bit of a boom. Oh, there's, there's, there's been a huge boom. Yeah. And and what you'll find is cattiness, shadiness, mm-hmm. jealousy, also community, mm-hmm. love, warmth, people that will champion you, people that will lift you up, prop you up. I've experienced both mm-hmm. of the coins, you know. So it's just it, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like you left one pond for still waters and found out shit was still a little. Bitch found out it was some sharks. Right. In the ocean. Right. And, and that, that goes back to a point that I, I, I made earlier because I was also listening to the Friend Zone podcast. I feel like today is just podcast mention day. I was listening right? to, the fr- to the Friend Zone podcast and 
Hey Fran Hey, who is so like peaceful. She's so um, warm and like tranquil almost. She's just a very relaxing. I think her energy in general is just very relaxing. And she was talking about how, you know, people have been saying like, oh, I can't wait for 2021. It's going to be new year, new me. And she was like, what do y'all think is going to happen <laughs> when the clock strikes 1201? She's like, do you think like a magical? And it was funny coming from Fran because she is like, the antithesis of that. She's mm-hmm. the person that would be like, oh no, and her good energy, and just, you have to have manifested and positive vibes. Right. And she was like, it was funny kind of watching her break the third wall or fourth wall, if you will, yeah. and just kind of be like, <laughs> I don't know if that piece is going to pick up on the mic, but I just knocked on it. Right. Like, hello, do you like step into the real world? And that's why I think it's important for us to like have the, even this conversation and, and mention the fact that there's, Regard, basically, because regardless of where you are, the water might never be still. Mm-hmm. But if you are yes. still in your own, if you're riding the wave, mm-hmm. you're fine. Your if you're wave. waiting, if, you're, if, you, if you master riding the wave as opposed to waiting for still waters, you'll always come out on top. Because yep. if you're just waiting for still waters, you'll drown. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what me stepping outside of competition is. I want to master self. Yeah. I want to master insert my government name here. Mm-hmm. That way I don't have to worry about whether the water is still or not. Because I feel like for a period in time, especially 2019 and on for me was really rough. 2019 beat my ass. <laughs> I can't speak for anyone else, but 2019 was a very, very rough year for me. And I came into 2020, you know, with that, oh, my God, new year, new me. Good. And, and for, for the first few months, the first three months, it felt like that. Like, I left the job that I hated. I had two amazing six-figure opportunities on the table. I had a relationship with someone that I was really happy to be in. I was doing great in the gym. Like, I was up, mm-hmm. as we say in the West Indies. I was right. up. Mm-hmm. And then all of it came crashing down, all of it. And for so long, I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I was, I had that, that and when I, I was like, oh, when I get back to Atlanta, everything is going to change and life is going to be good again. And I kept looking for that 10 months of peace. And what I realized is the, that peace was in me. Mm. It wasn't in anything else. Mm. It wasn't in being vegan, right? It wasn't in a relationship. It wasn't in a city, it wasn't in anything but me. Yeah. And stepping outside of competition and, 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 and being whole and finding wholeness in myself is how I get back to that place. Right? And I even I think about, again, competition. The gay community is the most competitive thing or, or place to be in, I think, ever. Absolutely. And, and it, it makes sense those that are oppressed want to oppress others, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's how the saying goes. Yep. Right? And I think about being gay and growing up as a young gay and how hard it, it was, just even before I came in, in the community, I was so intimidated by the community before I even stepped into it because of all these things you had to be in order to be desirable, all these things you had to be in order to be popular, and all these things you had to have, right? And it was just like, I don't, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. To have the, the, you had to have the perfect job. You had, because you had to have coin. Mm-hmm. You, 
Everybody got coin in the mm-hmm. gay community. Everyone's rich. Everybody's rich. Everyone, everyone, everyone is a rich, rich bitch. bitch. <laughs> it, it, listen, the everybody's a celebrity and a rich bitch. Right. Everyone is a everyone is a public figure. Coin. Right. Coin baby. Everyone has the bag. Yes. Everyone has the man. Yes. Everyone has the ten inch dick. The trips. The fat ass. The trips. The body. The clothes. Everyone has it all. Everybody's a celebrity in the gay world. Yeah. It's like, damn, bitch. How is everybody Beyonce? Wow. <laughs> how is everyone Rihanna? Like, how is everyone? But listen, and then you start to realize. Oh, I see what's going on. Oh, some of you hoes is Tierra Marie. Okay, I see. I see. And then you meet him like some okay. of you hoes. Is, yeah, you know, I got my good. Out some of y'all bitch. are Cassie. Damn. You know, and and the thing is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nope. If you can own it and, and be that's your best, your, that's where your you. power is, right? Owning and owning, I think what's so what's so full circle about what you're saying, Vaughn, is that you know you realize that your power was not in anything at all except right. you, except right, except you, except you know your your power was in the things that you were working towards that right. you were manifesting, right? How you were how you were paying tithes into your system, right? And you were seeing. Like when 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 you're keeping your eyes on your own paper, say it, bitch. There's you you forget about what other what, what these other bitches are doing. You right. get tunnel vision. Exactly. You see these bitches, but you don't see these bitches. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You see what they over there doing that, but she you, right. you're, you're so unbothered, right, by what's happening. And I I think that's beautiful. And 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 I know. It's not easy to get to that point. Oh, it's not. And I'm not back there yet, by the you way. Know, it's, it's I've a igno- me, it's a this journey. is just <laughs> this is just an acknowledgement of where I need to get back to. I'm not saying I'm there yet. Right. It's but, it's it's gonna take time for me yeah. to get fully back there. And and also it's like in life we're gonna have those up and down moments. Absolutely. You know, um my favorite teacher, Jared, he was talking the other day, you know, he's he's had ten months of joy and bliss. Wow. And then two years of complete depression. Wow. Or, you know, or, or, or whatever. Like, you know, that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. But the, the difference is even when you're in depression, you have the know-how to bring in joy within your life mm-hmm. and to bring in perspective. To recognize. And to recognize yeah. and to bring yourself out of that. Because I think that is a very dangerous thing when you can't recognize that everything is okay mm-hmm. i'm just not doing well because yeah. that's fine yeah and that's also a reality everything can be okay yep and you can still not be doing, not be well. doing well and that and that's real yeah and that's the duality of life right i can be more than one fucking thing you bitch right <laughs> right <laughs> right but back to the topic of competition how do you think the competition the need to compete in the gay community, specifically because that's what we are, we're gay black men. In the gay community, how do you think the need to compete affected young Malik? Well, let's talk about young Khalid. Yeah. Um, oh, you come on, government. Yeah. Well, they know Malik Khalid. Yeah. Um, um, Khalid is my first name. Malik is my middle name. Um, I think people, I think for me, young like, I told your story a while ago about I won this award. My second grade teacher, her name is Miss Whalen. Miss Whalen, I love you. If you ever hear this, her daughter was the late great Natina Ro- Natina Roberts. Passed away. Um, Natina would come to our school. So at a very young age, I got to see a pop star. Right. 
it's someone that I love. And I would see so much joy. I'd be like, girl, I see you on MTV. Right. I see you. Like, I, I knew a pop star, and a pop star knew me and liked me. Right. And would show me love. And I felt always alienated as a child. So, but to see her in front of show me so much love and fuck with me was like, cool, whoa, okay, this is a big deal. But my, um, <clears throat> I won this award <clears throat> at our award ceremony. And it was like, an award for like, you know, Miss Congeniality, something right. like that. And when I, you know, my dad came to the award ceremony and when it was over, we were walking home because we lived really close to my school. We were walking home and, he, and we stopped and he looked at me and he said, you know, you only got that award because she likes you, right? And Awful. I, I didn't flinch in that moment. I didn't, I was, I just felt, I felt nothing. Mm, I was gonna say. I felt I felt nothing. Wow. I didn't feel anything. Nothing for him. Nothing for. Her. I just felt. In yoga, they call it tapas. It's when the fire burns within you so deep that you become like water. Nothing can touch you. Right. And you like it's like water off a duck's back. I didn't feel anything in that moment, and so I knew I was doing it at a young age. Just to know what I was doing. Right. But, um, but I knew that. I did deserve that award. And I knew that my dad loved me, but he was jealous of me. Mm. I, I could feel that because now as an adult, it's like, how do you tell a child that? And so I know for me, competing came at a young age because I felt like I had to show my dad that I was worthy. Mm. Show him that I did deserve that award. Show wow. him that past my queerness, I did deserve everything that was to come. Show him that even though I was HIV positive, that I still was going to be awesome right. and that he had nothing to worry about. So my first conversation was like living with my daddy every day, right. trying to measure up and show him that come support my band recitals. Right. Come show up to my step, my step competitions, come show up to choir or these things that I'm doing that I have interest in right. and trying to be as best as I could in these things, trying to um, just show him that I was worth his time, but it right. never, it never mattered. And so, you know, and then, uh, I learned not to value myself, value young Khalid at a really young age because my father would not give me the time of day. Mm. And so I wanted to put my value in my worth into these things. I was doing like a step team, like, um, student government where I wanted to be, you know, you wanted to compete. I wanted to compete. Yeah. Well, I had to. I had to in, in order to like fill, fill myself up with something else. So then I got into other things right. where I could get that validation. Right. But how did specifically stepping into the, the queer community affect how young Malik competed? Or felt, how do you feel about yourself because you knew you had to compete? Or did you even know you had to compete? Did you learn that lesson? Did you ever try to talk I to someone and realize, oh, he thinks he's too good for me? I think, honestly, I think I've I've always been a little oblivious to it because mm. I've always had this. I've always had my own little air about myself. Yeah, that I come from a very proud family, <laughs> and a lot of people just don't know this because I just don't talk about it. I come from a very proud family, like. They're very proud, but they're very, they're proud and humble. I don't know how you could be both. You but can't. They, no, you can. These, these people are. Ask they, any Jamaican. They are very, mm. v- very proud, but yeah. they're very humble. Like my my grandparents, they're 
community servants in Savannah. Like, literally, everyone knows them. Um, But I come from a very proud family. So when I was, I've always just been very, like, sure of myself. The things that I want to do, I know I'm going to do them. Like, I'm I'm very sure that I can do it. And so I don't really remember a time where I felt like, okay, um, like, where I felt that deeply. I definitely would always pick up on, oh, this bitch thinks she better than me. <laughs> right. I would pick up on that, like, oh, this bitch really is trying it. Right. Um, but I never felt like, oh, I got to have to outdo her. Mm. Because what about not necessarily outdo? Mm-hmm. What about be as good as? Because so we had we had. I, a discussion. I felt that the strongest once I started doing yoga. Really? Once once I started doing yoga, okay. I, I connect with that so hard because I was like, oh my god, I I'm not as good as this teacher. Right. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do a handstand. The right. ego got really big for me in yoga. Right. That that's when I begin to doubt myself the most. That is so interesting. So at the most was when I got into yoga. Is my voice good enough? I begin to listen to myself a lot more. Am I saying the right thing? Do they like me? I started. I started to realize a lot more of microaggressions at toward as a black man. Right. Once I got to white yoga spaces, I began to have to compete against those against those forces. I think that's so interesting. Where that's you went to I find peace to the where I, where I, where, is where you found where, dysfunction. Where I found peace is where I found jealousy, rage, and dysfunction. That is yoga. Wow. Within myself, like yoga began, yoga helped me see my own ego and see where I am projecting in ways. Right. At the at, at my core, but also it it literally threw me, it catapulted me into a community where we talk about a world that has so many sides. We have the business of yoga. Mm-hmm. We have the philosophical. Excuse me, the philosophy of yoga. Then we have the, the, you know, the studio practice of yoga. There, there are all these different components that, that are not blissful. Right. You know, yoga has a blissful component, but, but the business of yoga is not blissful. The, the social media yoga, the, the, the pop culture yoga is nasty and hateful. Right. And, um, cause it mimics every it, other it mimics kind of everything community. Else. Cause it right. mimics pop culture. It is the right. same. They, they, they are interchangeable, you know? And that's I, really interesting. It is interesting, and I so that that's I think been the hardest pill that I've had to swallow. And what yoga has taught me is that, well, what what the entertainment industry has taught me, as I intertwine into yoga, is that keep your eyes on your own paper. Right. Because the minute I the minute I worried about what other male black yoga teachers were doing is when I found that I was in the most jealous rages of mm. them all in against people that you didn't know, people that I didn't even know, right. People that I will never even talk to. And I think that's a big part of social media. In my mind, like upset with. Yeah. And I'm like, this bitch is not as good as me. Right. (laughs) This bitch, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I remember saying, like, I remember being pissed. Yeah. Sometimes. Just just last year. Yeah. Pissed. And I'm sitting here at the top of the world teaching at the Home Depot backyard. Yeah. Booked and busy. Right. But pressed that another nigga got something. Like, hold them. Right. They bitch going up. Yeah, y'all y'all would ask my girl Jamie. I was venting to her all the time, but thank you, Jamie. Uh, all in all, I, I I found myself competing the most once I found in yoga. That is so interesting, to me. and it's disgusting, but it's real. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm happy I was able to go through it at this a large grunt. One day I'll share the story about what happened 
with this little community of yoga guys that I had to exile myself from. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really fascinating because I I think I found a lot of that in social media as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was watching I was on YouTube the other day. Uh, this is yesterday actually, um, and I was I woke up really early. My power finally came back on, Bless. <laughs> and I was just like watching. You know, I was letting the the YouTube do its thing, and it was showing like all these Generation Z kids and younger millennials. Um, but mostly like 20 to 25 year olds. I, there's this show that I watch on YouTube called CNBC Make It. And it's essentially, it's called Millennial Money. That's the segment that I focus on mostly. And it's just about all these people that earn different amounts of money living in different uh, parts of the country that have different um, jobs and how they spend their money, how they save, etc. They have everything from millionaires two people that make $28,000 a year and how they survive on $28,000 a year, what their job is, blah, blah, blah. So from that, you know, YouTube does its own algorithm thing. And it started showing me like, because also I love real estate and I love watching people like buy houses and stuff like that. So it started showing me like all these videos and it was all these like 22 to 25 year olds, 20 to 25 year olds actually. And like, oh, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, I just decided that I didn't want to rent anymore. And I bought this beautiful $500,000 house. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my beautiful, and I had the resources. So I was like, why not? I'm just going to buy this beautiful $600,000 townhouse. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, you bitches. Right. All because you post on social media. Right. You make all this fucking money and you're able to live this lavish life. And I found myself literally like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, why? A, why the fuck have you not done this mm-hmm. self? Is what I was saying to myself. You've been on social media. I was like, you built this fucking platform for mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. Like, you've been here since 09, 08. Mm-hmm. Like, doing the, utilizing yeah. social media. Yeah. And then I had to also remind myself, but you don't fully partake in it. Mm. Because I don't compete. Yeah, I don't have the right or the authority mm. to even feel an out, and no one should anyway because you can't, you know, block any or watch anyone else's blessings. That's theirs. Yeah, right. But I, re- I also realized I couldn't even if I wanted to the same way you were feeling because if you had things of your own and you know other people were getting things, I was like, you you're not even partaking. Yeah, in that industry yeah so how can you feel any kind of way about these people and their blessings they've worked for yeah you can't feel any kind of way about that because you don't want to compete and it was so funny because i said didn't you just say to yourself you don't want to compete so now why all of a sudden you're trying to create competition if you don't want to compete i think it's a natural tendency for us to do that i think so i remember i was watching some type of little special and they were highlighting how in kindergarten the teacher says cues like the first person to raise their hand gets to answer the question and think about how mindless that is yeah. like the first person that get that raises their hand gets to answer the question the teacher reads the question out and how do you process it that fast how yeah. do you know that how do you even know what you want to say yeah you know without having a moment of pause you're just mm-hmm. literally mindlessly raising your hand and blurting something out yeah that's rushed and it's not factual and so i think that you know it's all connected it is 
You know, and it's funny you saying that makes me think back to tenth like, grade. It's the rush to do it, <laughs> right? You know, I want to be first. It makes me think back to tenth grade when I, I'll never and I'll never forget this moment. I was in political science class, and I I was a nerd, right? I wasn't a typical nerd, but I used to love school, and I was a, I got my first B in tenth grade. Like I was a straight A, smart ass, did my homework, studying ass young man and i'll never forget i was answering i was mm, me <laughs> first to raise your hand and i'll never forget this boy i don't even know his name or anything about him anymore but this boy that was sitting in the back of the class was like man this nigga thing he's smart you know atlanta you went to high school in atlanta so like you know people they don't right they don't necessarily mean any harm by it but that's just a part of the culture here like they roast each other know what i mean it's very similar to south florida we like roasting gag like that's 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 that listen that's why you get your kid furies that's why you get your funky denevas that's why you get your t uh ts madisons because that's just a strong part of our, that's even why you get your santanas and your city girls because that's a strong part of our culture to roasting gag but for some reason that was the first time ever someone tried to like roast me for something that it ever like actually hit me yeah and I realized this because in that moment I was competing in that class. And when, you know, because of course everyone laughed. Even our teacher kind of giggled <laughs> <laughs> because it was funny. Like, this nigga, he know everything because <laughs> I was answering all the questions, right? And to the point where she was even like, all right, is that. Woo! I'm about to remember to edit that out. I'm going to send my name. Um, she was like, all right, Vaughn, <laughs> let somebody else answer the question. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> that was so funny so anyway so yeah even in that that moment um like you were saying Malik that just made me think about that was one of the first times I decided that I no longer wanted to compete and I think that in that sense it had a negative effect on me because I cared less about things that I should have continued to care about um I mean it's not like I stopped doing homework or anything I was still a, a great student but I definitely stopped trying as hard to be good at something that I was just actually good at, which was school. I was a good, you know, student. Um, and it's funny because although, I, like I said, I've, I've worked myself to a point now where I no longer want to compete, it's in the opposite of then. Then I didn't want to compete because I didn't want to shine. I felt like me competing and me shining was taking away from other people and I felt like I didn't have the privilege. I didn't deserve to take away from other people. We're very similar in that way. Right. Whereas this not wanting to compete is the very opposite of that. It's me saying I deserve to shine. And in order for me to actually focus on myself and give me the best that I deserve, I have to stop worrying about everyone else. Mm -hmm. I have to. Yeah. I think that I think that's what's so different because before we're talking about a state of scarcity. Yes. You know, now we're talking mm -hmm. about a state of abundance. Abundance. Woo, say that. You know, and that's a huge difference and I think that's what's so powerful about what you're saying. Um and also like you know, you you again, I want to commend you for like the mindset. Yeah. You know, and and being able to pinpoint how and why you how how and why you got here yeah because that's just so important like 
we never take the time to figure out like the like those things and so operating from a space of abundance is 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 it's operating from a space of self-preservation absolutely you know without it's, question it's how how can i maintain mm-hmm. and 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 have and, and and keep this going right to have more for myself right and and, and also i understand that in order you know they always talk about this uh, that we should be resting as much as we can so that we can do for others yes and, and do for yourself and do for yourself and yeah. you can't serve yourself or anyone else until you're good listen like they say on airplanes you have to put on your mask first. your gas mask thingy majigger first. first before you help anybody else because you're gonna get two other people's masks on and then you die and what if no one else can assist the way you were were then then what happens then what happens so that was that's competition and of course there's more that we could discuss about it there's you know we could continue talking all day but i feel like i'm gonna go ahead and put a pin in it now with that being said do you have anything else you'd like to add to the topic friend um no i i well yeah i i think that um acknowledge that it's okay to compete yeah you know, like that, it's it's okay to healthy. Com- it's he- healthy competition. Yeah, healthy competition looks like growth critiques coming mm-hmm. from these critiques. Yeah, you know, are these critiques coming to coming in order to help this person get better? Are these critiques coming from a place that is like je- jealousy and, en- and envy, and mm-hmm. you know, like all, all that? I, I, I think that matters, but ultimately, I think. You know, healthy competition is okay, and I think that. And I think the healthiest competition is within oneself. Yes, absolutely. Figuring yeah. out how can you top yourself, how can you be better. You know, you should look to <laughs> others for comp not for not for competition for inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, you should look at them like, wow, I love what they're doing. Right. You know, for you know, but yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So with that being said, we're gonna take a. We're not gonna take a break. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go directly into. Listen, y'all. <laughs> it happens. Grown and gay. So we're gonna go directly into our grown and gay. So if this is your again your first time listening to the show, our grown and gay segment um, was a part of our interviews. Uh, we used to ask people. We, we used to have whenever we interviewed people, we had a segment where they were growing in gay grown and gay so we decided to take that and just you know make it a segment where we have a little bit more fun where we are a little bit you know less serious where we just discuss things that are a little bit more raunchy if you will sometimes so one of the things that we wanted to discuss was city boys you know i mentioned the city girls earlier five six figures oh my god can y'all please shut the fuck up about bergen bags i don't want to hear about i don't want to hear about that nan birkin bag let Cardi be half a Birkin bag. Ever again. Let her have a Please. The bitch, the bitch got like 25 Birkin bags. And for y'all on social media, please stop acting like you can afford a Birkin bag. You can't afford nothing. And also, guess what? You should not, don't worry about affording it. Stop. We as the black community have got to stop making white. I, I know this isn't a topic, but we in the black community have got to stop making white markers of wealth these goal points in the black community. Especially because anytime we do it, there's always pushback from them in regard to it. Saying we really whether it was Crystal telling Jay Z to sit his ass down and stop putting his, you know, their champagne in his videos, or it was you know the, the good people over at um at um 
God, what was that company? I can't remember it right now. Tommy Hilfiger saying he didn't want black folks in his clothes back in the 90s. Right. Don't play with me. Right. So we have to stop doing that. Keep talking about Telfar. Stop worrying about Hermes and, and Birkin bags because it's just it's unnecessary. And 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 and, and in regards to Telfar, big ups to Telfar. We love to see it. Yeah. And can y'all please stop talking about oh the bags are overexposed, they're everywhere, they're, they're, I don't want it anymore. Fuck y'all. <laughs> anyway, on to the actual topics for this week. <laughs> Um, so the first thing we want to discuss—not uh, the first thing, sorry. Uh, this week's topic, like I said, is city boys. So we want to discuss the lavish Instagram lifestyle of the gainfully unemployed. So I think the reason why I want to discuss this is because we're all too familiar with Instagram models or IG models that live these lavish lifestyles that are nothing but pretty, right? They aren't even actual models. They're not signed to IMG. They're not signed to Ford. <laughs> they well, just happen to be right. They just happen to be someone's cousin who's real pretty and maybe bought a body. Maybe not all of them did, right? And they tend to live these lavish lifestyle. And there's so many platforms that have been built off of this, right? Whether it's you know a lot of them turn like I said into models. Some of them are actresses. Um, they go from people that are nothing but pretty faces to having substantiated careers. Some of them have podcasts now, like all these different things. And while those have always existed, we have never really heard about the city boys, the men that hold the same privilege, mm -hmm. aesthetics. <laughs> some of them have personalities. Some of them don't. Um, but they happen to live seemingly lavish lifestyles without ever clocking in. They don't own businesses. <laughs> they don't come from money. All we know is that, like, they always are in the pieces. Yep. And they're always in the places. Pieces and, and places. places. P-squared. Listen, P-squared. P-squared. They are always in the pieces and always at the places. Yes. Right? Whether it be they are a friend of somebody that's semi-famous, whether it be they, they're some of them, we find out some of them scam. You know, a lot of them scam. A lot of them scam. A lot of right, and this isn't a knock at any of it, honestly. And I think I've been saying this. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I personally love it. That's I would why just teach me how to scam. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish there was more transparency. And by transparency, I'm a nosy bitch. I'm gonna tell you, I'm a nosy. Now I don't want to tell anybody my business, <laughs> but <laughs> I love when people tell me their business. So I just wish we had um, podcasts, you know, um, uh, TV shows, other things dedicated to f learning more about City Boys. Yeah. And also, friend, have you ever been, you know, miss, you know, represented as a City Boy? Has anybody ever tried to to pay for your kiki? <laughs> I well, I, I was I I was. Not misrepresented as a city boy. There was a gentleman who he was uh, a CPA for a very famous rapper who was very big, and he was a, a gay man. I met him mm -hmm. through another friend who is a city boy. Mm, nice. So when so when you are associated... we need to have one of them on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a city boy, you listen. Yeah, actually, I know one. And he's a real city you. boy. Um, so I, I, I had a friend that was a city boy. I've had a few city boy friends, actually. Come on. Listen, what they like, say about birds of a feather? They flock mm, together. Let me find out. Hey, <laughs> I have my day in the sun in that way. But so I met this man and he was an older gentleman. He was gravely out of shape. 
Um, <laughs> and he had a very short neck, very stout. He was, <laughs> he was like brown skin, not good skin. He wore glasses, and he was just. I gotta, Ooh, he was I taking out on every level, huh? He was. He was. He was fucked up. He was fucked. <laughs> but he was smart as a whip mm-hmm. and knew about the numbers. Right. Like I said, he was a right. CPA for a very prominent rapper, uh, international rapper, and uh, and all in all, he wanted me to be his little baby. He wanted me to be his little baby, and I yeah. was, and 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 he, that man kissed me, and I about gagged, y'all. Ooh. His lips were crusty and dusty. Ooh. His tongue was slimy. No, was no, God. And that's when I realized, nah, that I had a, I can't do it. I just could not do it because that man was ready to make it rain on my head. Do you hear me? Wow. He wanted me to come in and move into his. His um, this is when Brookhaven was Brookhaven, <laughs> B- before they came in and started gentrifying it and all the bullshit they're doing over there. He had a, he has a, a be- gorgeous, gorgeous, huh, brownstone in Brookhaven, bitch. And we was right. over there tearing it up. Me and my Living home, lavish. me and my home girl, me and my home, because like I said, I had a home girl that, that was a city girl, right? You know, and she was out here, so I was out here in the streets running with her, right? And they had me mistaken. Mm. They was thinking I was with the shits, right? And I wasn't. <laughs> I was a college girl. They wanted to put you on the payroll. They wanted to put me on payroll, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't do because the man which was too nasty looking, y'all. Right. And you know, and I and he still will comment myself. Say, Malik, you look good. I'm happy for you doing very well. But see, he now still he, exists. That he, well, he's he ain't dead. The ar- the, listen, he ain't, get, he ain't got no claw arteries <laughs> yet. <laughs> Shout out. You stupid. Um, I mean, but but friend, I and I think you've told me some stories about about your about some of your experiences. Yeah, um, not a city boy by any means. You know, I know, but you've had some city boy tendencies before. I- <laughs> now, bitch, you've had some city boy tendencies. Now, here's the thing. I'm not gonna lie, and this is this just goes to show how again competition <laughs> in, in in our community. Um, so when I moved to New York, I was you know. That was when I was at my slimmest. You know, <laughs> a little bit thicker now, which I'm trying to get it off. You know, just give me until next year; it'd be gone. Uh, <laughs> but when I was at my slimmest, mm-hmm. um, I definitely realized that that is a, a, a. I never realized that was something that could be open to me living that city boy kind of lifestyle until that point. Um, and it was really I, I kind of had they were almost back to back. Um, situations where if I wanted to, I definitely could have leaned into that kind of lifestyle. Um, the first one was at random. Um, and it was the first, that was the thing I was also the first time I realized people will give you money for their time. Yes. People pay more for time than they do for anything else. Because, because they want to pay for an experience. Right. And they also have control. And when you have money, you have control. You can control the dynamics. That's true. Very true. So my first situation like that was someone that simply just wanted my time and i jokingly said you know because you know i was listening to city girls at the time this is 2018 like this was <laughs> this was before like right after jt got locked up so this was like debut project city girls you know city girls from 305 like bitch beginning of it all period yeah, and i remember really i said <laughs> right period <laughs> so uh i remember i said to him i was like if you if you want to talk to me you need to pay my phone bill yeah and I was expecting him to be like, nigga, you crazy. Because I was not interested, not even trying to continue to keep his attention. And he was like, well, how much is it? And I said, well, wait, wait a minute, bitch. Yeah, period. 
Now wait a minute, bitch. And I was like, well, it's one fifty five. Here's my cash app. He was like, I don't have cash app. And I was like, oh, see, games. And he was like, but do you have a PayPal? And I said, well, bitch, let me sign up for PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> so I sure do. I sure do. Send him that pay. Do y'all know he really sent me $160? Period. And he was like, now I want to talk to you for the next hour while you walk home. That's it. That's and it. I talked to that man for an hour until I got home. Yeah. It was a little less than an hour, honestly. But. I, and I, I and I was like, wait a minute, this is a possibility. So the second time, mm-hmm. there was this. Uh, I was on the apps again, the Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows, and I was um, in the Lower East Side. I had just went out. Um, my friend had came in town from Atlanta actually, and I went out to eat with her. And I was walking, you know, to the train, and and there was this white man, and I was like, I love oh. That noise oh. is legendary. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't do white man. That's not my that's not my ministry. And he was really into me. And um, you know, we we again entertained the conversation. He wasn't a bad looking guy at all. Um, and then through our discussion, I realized he had money. I'm talking a boat, house in the Hamptons, and owned his uh condo on the upper east side. And I'm sorry, on the lower east side. And he worked in fintech. And we were talking and he was, you know, telling me about because I always say you always can tell when people have money because they discuss it real casually. Yeah. It's never in a matter of fact way. They're, they're not super flashy about it. Like I always say, wealth whispers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Wealth whispers. It does. You have to catch it. You have to. Oh, that's five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay. It I does. didn't even realize that. It does. Right. I didn't realize that Birkin was Crocodile Kelly and it cost. You know what I mean? Because y'all bitches talking about $20,000. Bitch, get into the Crocodile Kelly. Okay? That's real money. So anyway, he was just saying things like real casually. like, And he was sending me pictures as we were exchanging pictures. Because um, we talked for like two weeks. And then I, I could have leaned into the city. But then he started doing the whole fetishizing thing. Oh. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, learning yeah. we have to look past being fetishized. <laughs> sometimes, listen, sometimes we have to lean in and be the mandingo. They be want the mandingo. Be listen and get that bag. Listen, sometimes you listen. Do you want to cry the penthouse or the pole house? Listen, pent, pent, pent. Bitch, you better ask somebody. Um, and then the next one was was a similar situation. It was a a gentleman that lived in the Trump Tower in New York, um, right off Central Park telling a lot of my business and um he was really really into me but again i couldn't do it because he was an older white man he was now he wasn't super old he was in his 50s and i just couldn't i couldn't do it friend i wanted to live the city girl lifestyle friend but i just i couldn't do it yeah i I just couldn't i should have yeah sometimes i think back about it i'm like bitch i could probably be good right now if i would have just let you know old trump (laughs) tower ass nigga you know do what he may, but I, I couldn't do it, friend. Well, I couldn't do it. You know, it's it, it's okay because it's not for everybody. It's not. You know that 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 lifestyle, doing that, being that, it's not well, for, well, it's not sustainable. Right, you can't do that. You forever. have to, and that's also something I realized. You gotta have an exit strategy. Yeah, thank you, friend, because that's also something I realized, especially because I feel like in, in the in the society that we live in now especially with things being with there being so many you know consistent um we discussed it a second ago and i can't remember the name now 
things that stimulate. Yeah. Right? I, I even now this is not City Boys, this is back to City Girls. I fell down a rabbit hole um this weekend uh with some of like the YouTubers that I watch cuz I do watch a lot of women on YouTube. I don't wear makeup or anything like that, but I just I'm really int- I don't know, something about listening to really pretty women talk <laughs> is very relaxing, yeah. you know? <laughs> and seeing them live their lavish lifestyle is just like, wow, how do you guys get to do all of this? And then I fell into like a rabbit hole with three of them and I'm like, wow, so y'all all just bought a body and the lifestyle just came with it. Yeah. The men well, that fund the lifestyle. The nigga get attracted oh, to that. Yeah, it just and it was it was so interesting to watch how instantaneous it was. They leaned that in. like they leaned in. They leaned in. They leaned in, friend. Yeah. So Yeah, they leaned in. Yeah. And I mean I remember RuPaul said on his master class, you know how I get a respect in a room? I wear a suit. Mm. And when you wear a suit, hoes think Oh, that man is serious. Now, nigga, not no clown suit. You clown ass niggas who be listening to the show <laughs> and think y'all about to go go can go to DNK and get you a suit. <laughs> no. You Why to- people always read DNK? <laughs> y'all need to be nice. They can get the DNK suit tailored. <laughs> you know what? You're right. They can get it tailored. They can get it tailored. That's very elitist of me. I'm sorry. Did they jump out for you? Jumped out. <laughs> This shit leaders just jumped out. <laughs> they can get the. I see. I'm with y'all. I'm still. I'm, I'm with y'all. Get your and DNK. No, and no, you can. You can. You can, y'all. I'm being a bitch. You can. But um. Which is Zara cheap as Still. Now you going? Now, now listen. See. See. And she listen. And I got a bad pair of Zara. On. Bitch, I love Zara. That was bitch, that I was me reading a, myself. Bitch, Zara know me. A bad. Pair well, she don't really know me no more. My thighs too thick now, but leather, she knew me a few months ago. I cherish them <laughs> shoes. Okay, I'm just kidding, y'all. Yeah. So that was that was uh, this week's grown and gay. And with that being said, now we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with y'all. All right, so we are back with this week's On the Timeline. If this is your first time listening, <laughs> the On the Timeline <laughs> the the time segment is where we discuss things that are, of course, being talked about on the timeline. Um, so the first thing that I want to discuss, and this one was, I haven't pissed off stands in a really long time. <laughs> Shit. Because I'm so disconnected from that whole standing community. Um. And Ariana, yes, they, they still exist. Right. No, seriously. Um, Ariana Grande released her new album, Positions, Ponytail Grande. You know, I love me some Ariana. Um, she is probably my favorite of the new girls, the new generation. She's probably definitely my top three, but she's probably my overall favorite. Um, so I was very excited when, you know, they said, I, listen, she dropped an album on my birthday. Mm. I was excited. I said, bitch, come on, present. Mm. Come on, gift. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and I was really looking forward to it. There was uh, a few snippets uh, that came out. Her first single, "Positions," is what the album is titled after. Was cool, you know. Like I, I think I t- discussed it last week on the podcast, where I said it reminded me of like the third release of a, you know, a, a main pop girl song, where it was they gave you the two bangers, and now they're giving you something that you can just like chill to. Yeah, you know. And I was like, okay, cool. So if this is the first single. She gotta have more heat. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking, like the album. Like I wasn't worried. Yeah. A lot of people were like, "Ooh, I don't know," because this doesn't hit. Like that. And I was like, nah, she just giving y'all something cool, something for the winter, you know, something for the fall, you know. Um, so when the album came out, I didn't listen immediately. Uh, I saw a lot of people with a lot of opinions. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a second to breathe. Granted, this is only a few days later, so not too long, right? 
So I listened and I was like, okay. 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 <laughs> you know? And I was like, mm. and I tweeted this. Um, I tweeted a thread of my full listening of the album. Y'all can go check it out. Um, and I and I summed the album up by saying Ariana Grande needs to stop making releasing music just because she's bored. Mm. Because that's what I felt like this pro- project was. Uh, Positions is not a bad, a bad album. I don't think the music is awful. Um, Nasty is bomb. Positions, the song, is, is you know, really good. Um, POV is good. There's like a solid six to eight songs that are, you know, the strong point of the album. Um, it should have been an EP, in my personal opinion. I do know that Ariana said... Uh, a few years ago that she didn't like the fact that female acts, especially pop female acts were restricted to always releasing these big albums and that she was envious of the way that rappers um, were able to just kind of like release mixtapes and just drop as they will. Whenever they wanted to, they could just record something and drop it. And it was what it was. It wasn't held in the same regard as, you know, a a pop artist or a a female artist whenever they released a body of work. And I was like, Ooh, I feel that. And I feel like if that's the case, and that's what Ariana wants to do, she is a grown woman. She ha- she is a musician. Um, she can do so. However, that still leads to judgment from the people that listen, the people that support, it, um, and the people that fuck with her. Because I consider myself definitely one of those people. And I feel like this album just wasn't strong to me. Um, there are some good moments on it, even vocally. I don't feel like she went in there with a point. I don't feel like she went in there with anything to really say anything to really prove i saw some people saying well oh my god she's allowing herself to be free and discuss sex and i'm like okay but she's been doing that <laughs> like ariana has been discussing sex on albums for the last four projects like directly at least so that wasn't an excuse to me and then also she didn't lean and i think that is more of my issue she didn't lean directly into anything it felt for me like straddling the fence of it all and i feel Mm. like if you're gonna go there and you're gonna have your velvet rope and you're gonna have your stripped you're gonna have your 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 good girl gone bad you're if you're gonna have your moment have your moment yeah give it to us but you can't give me five songs of a moment with fluff and expect for it to hit the same because it just doesn't did you listen to positions no no okay i heard it came out yeah but i haven't gone and clicked that yeah that play button yet yeah but i'm going i'm gonna get into you should you should you absolutely should like i said the music isn't bad it's just not interesting and that's the thing these days you know like people have like in their mind they have the formula you Mm. know in their mind they they say okay i do this i make x amount of dollar right you know i do this i do this you know they they got it worked out in their head it's it's so strategized these days that they've already come up with the way that they're going to make the money back. Right. They've, they've come up with a way on how they're going to do do all this stuff. So I'm not saying it's not hard on the artists anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that um, there, there's a lot more foundation out there for artists these days, mm-hmm. especially once you're at that level. And it's really easy to go in a studio because you have the top producers at your wheelhouse right. to do it really quickly. Right. <clears throat> Put it out and be like, oh, this is it. Right. I'm going to package it. This is it. Right. Bam. Right. And I'm not saying she needed a lemonade because I saw that. That was one of the things I kept seeing. Y'all want everything to be a lemonade. No. 
Because oh, no straight to Beyonce, what I wanted was clear and concise, and that's not Lemonade, sis. No. So Lemonade is like a fucking movie. It, right. So I, for me, all I want, from I think, from any artist and from any project is if you're not going to be clear and concise about what you're doing, at least make everything else so undeniable that I don't worry about that. Yep. I agree. I feel like she leaned into. If it's not into... undeniable at, at her level, everything she does, she exactly. should, has to be, should be, exactly. deserves to be undeniable. Exactly. Because yeah. she's capable of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Into You, in my opinion, is one of the most brilliant pop songs released in the past 20 years. Completely. Without question. I agree. Like, God is a woman. God is a woman. Mega. Mega. Like. You know, like, she puts out pop. Power ballads right. and standards and bops. She she's capable, so I just want to see more. Now, someone that isn't capable, unfortunately, is um, Louisiana's uh, loudest roach. <laughs> Damn, Lil Wayne. Um, Lil Wayne came out and let everyone know that he is in support of Donald Trump um, in this election. Now, Lil Wayne can't vote, so. Um, unfortunately, that's not the point. The point is influence. The point is um, the impressionable. A few days before the election, someone like Lil Wayne coming out and saying you are in support of someone like Donald Trump means that there are going to be not just little black boys, because while their votes matter, what also matters is a lot of those little white or Latino boys that look up to someone like a little a Lil Wayne and has seen a lot of other people say, Donald Trump is awful, that are now going to see someone like Lil Wayne say, no, Donald Trump is cool. And where they may have been impartial before or maybe would have voted for Biden because they saw a lot of people saying that was the right thing to do, all they needed was someone like a Lil Wayne to say, hey, no, this is okay to do as well. Yeah. And then some of them are going to drift their asses over there. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't need four more years of hell. I just don't need it. Don't need it. Uh, we don't need it. No. And I think what's interesting is that we're seeing this this drift towards celebrities saying, I don't want you guys to dig in my, walk- my, my wallet too hard. Mm-hmm. And this complete disregard for their broke past. Right. Ooh. Bitch. Fuck their broke past. The broke present of their friends and family that aren't them. How dare you when yeah. your mama and your daddy and your sister and your brother mm-hmm. is broke. Your cousins. They're your broke. uncles. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and Your fans. Your fans. <laughs> I think that's the most Your fans are broke. That's the most ostentation point. Yeah. yeah. Like you have and a lot of audacity. You have a lot bitch. of audacity to be like, oh well. I want to keep my millions and and then some, right? Because to your point, and take earlier, away your hundreds, yeah. Because because people are working, making a thousand dollars every two weeks, and come home with a check for six forty nine, right? Because they have insurance coming up the check, mm-hmm. they got t- uh, all these taxes coming out their check. They may have a little twenty five dollars in a four hundred one k. They may come. They may <laughs> have, hopefully got a little four hundred one k. People are not making money, right? And to have that, they have that that attitude that. Lil Wayne has well he has no clue what Black Lives Matter is yeah that's why for me this wasn't surprising Lil Wayne ran around for decades saying yeah that bitch bad but she was better if she was red Mm -hmm. like he's been colorist he's been saying the most ignorant things about the Black Lives Matter movement and I want y'all as the the black cisgender heterosexual black men please pay attention okay I want y'all to start realizing a lot of the people y'all uplift and and you, you go to bat for don't fuck with you 
Little Wayne does not fuck with your livelihood. Bill Cosby does not give a fuck about you. Bill Go- Bill Cosby would have been telling you to pull your pants up and stop acting like a, an ignorant nigga. Yeah. He was not your this loving grandfather you think he was. That's not who Bill Cosby was. Lil Wayne is not your homie that cares about you or your family's livelihood. Y'all could be homeless and poor, and he will be very happily dancing around for the white people. Yep. As long as it helps his, his interest to stay right. rich. Which is a trauma response to want to continue to be oppressive to people that are, that are already oppressed. They want to keep you down. And want to keep you down. It's, it's, it's really disgusting and it's, it's unfortunate that we champion celebrities so much to the fact that we Oof. forget about community. Community. We forget about community. Forget about reality. We forget about reality. Yeah. What's really happening. We get sucked in the vacuum. Yeah. Of nothingness. And like I said on the last episode, the veil of celebrity has been lifted. It has. And baby... <laughs> I see how you hoes feel. Mm. Okay? For real. For real. Um, and I just want to take a real quick second to say, um, Chad Ultracinco has a show on YouTube called I Am An Athlete, and there was a brilliant episode on there where Channing Crowder, I'm not going to sit on this for too long, Channing Crowder, um, who was a former athlete, broke down this in the most simple way possible. They were all having a discussion about the election and who they should be voting for. And it was this very middle-of-the-road, you know, um, discussion with the because these are all former athletes, um, aka millionaires, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they were all kind of leaning towards Trump without saying it, right? And it was really interesting to me to watch. And then Channing Crowder was like, "Are y'all serious in the things that you're saying right now?" Because he was defending the blue, if you will, right? And they were asking him like, "Well." You know, he's trying to take away from us. And he broke it down in the most simple way. He was like, if they take a few extra hundred thousand out of my check, guess what's still going to be there? Millions. Mm -hmm. He said, if I have to pay a few extra hundred thousand to still end up with a check that has millions on it. And my my family, my cousins, my uncles, my aunts, my my brothers get a little bit more leeway and they can live a, a better life and they can breathe and they're not as stressed and not as taxed. I'm going to go ahead and do that because at the end of the day, you know, what's still on my check. Millions. Millions. Still. And when he said that it was as if everyone in the room realized, Oh shit, we look fucking stupid. Yeah. We over here arguing about getting taxed a little bit more when we're still going to have Millions, millions, hundreds of thousands on our checks. These people that we want to get taxed more aren't ever going to see hundreds of thousands in their life. Mm-mm. They will never get a check for hundreds of thousands of dollars, let alone millions. Mm-hmm. And we want to oppress them more. And it it was literally just watching everyone's face crack. That was that did it for me. So go check that out. And we're going to move on to the last topic for this week. And that is Beyonce Giselle Knowles. She's currently on the cover of British Vogue. She has three covers, I believe. One when she's real thick on say-ish. You know, Mm -hmm. thighs, a lot of thighs. Leg up. Leg up, some butt, you know, a lot of that. Um, Another cover where she's wearing her Adidas. um, And it was shot by, forgive me, I don't remember the young lady's name, but she's like a 22-year-old photographer. Um, Malika's going to pull that up. 
while I discuss why we're, we're discussing this. Um, in the article for the spread, um, although it hasn't fully, the full thing hasn't come out yet, so we're just pulling from excerpts that have been posted online. Um, but Beyonce talked about taking more time to, to enjoy her piece. Um, and essentially what that reads is as if Beyonce is going to be taking a bit of a break. Now, of course, social media did the most and jumped. Oh, my God, Beyonce's retiring. We're never going to get Beyonce again. No Formation World Tour DVD. Like they started. <laughs> they started doing all that. But I, I wanted to discuss this because I think it's something she absolutely deserves. And I think it's for the betterment of Beyonce, the person and Beyonce, the artist. Um for someone that has been working as long as Beyonce has been working, who has been consistently putting out music, ask, and it's funny because I remember when Rihanna was dropping albums every year, and people used to be like, oh my God, that's such a fast turnaround, because it is, right? Yeah. But I'm like, the turnaround for the other acts isn't that much more spread out, like maybe six months more, but in reality, when you think about it, it's really not. Like, you would get the album in fall of 08, you get the tour through all of 09, and then you'd get maybe a re-release, at least back in the day when, you know, right, the industry the was still worth something. Mm. Then, at the end, you know, at the end of 09, you get the holiday re-release. Remember the girls used to do the holiday yeah, re-releases? The holiday special. A bundle. Right. A bundle. We love a bundle. A they, real the, bundle. The bitches used to love a real bundle. Not right? this digital bullshit. Right. Not the ones where you pay for it in August, you don't get it until January or fucking... July of the next year. In the store. You get you get the DVD, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the CD, the DVD, mm-hmm. and maybe a book, bitch. Right, you know, like it, 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 a photo book or something. A photo book. They, yeah. it, was, it was they had packaging, marketing. Right. That's merch. what the girls had merchandise. Real merch. Real <laughs> merch. Yeah. So the turnaround for, like I said, for them wasn't that much further because after you do all that, you maybe get six months to sit down, and then you got another album that's coming right behind all of that. Yeah. Um, so for someone like Beyonce that has been doing that for literally since she was 15, she's been working at it since she was five, but literally in the industry since she was like 16, 15. Yeah. I am not surprised that she at the age of damn near 40, she's 39, right? Yeah. Yeah. At 39 is going to say, I have three children. Yeah. I want to raise them. Yeah. I would like to be present in their life and in their, their upbringing and the, the nurturing that they need at this point. And y'all hoes. Can't see me anyway because of a pandemic. Anyway. So why not take two, three years off and come back in 2022, 2023 when the world is open, <laughs> hopefully, God willing, and, you know, go on tour then. Yep. Drop a project then. So, a friend, as the resident stan of the two of us, how do you feel about this? I think she deserves it. In my mind, Beyonce knows me. And we're going to do yoga together very soon. So I think while she's on this break, we're going to do yoga together. Come on, friend. Claim it. We're going we're gonna to practice. You're going to be in the Hamptons with her. Let's manifest it, friend. I'm gonna be You're going to be in the Hamptons with, with her. In the Hamptons, in the Hamptons with Beyonce. Chanting, mm-hmm. meditating. Stretching. Stretching, mm-hmm. practicing, flowing. Jay's yes. going to come out. Like, what y'all out here doing? Right. Just get out yoga all day. <laughs> Sean. 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 You got Sean. Just, just do a yoga, Sean. Just get out yoga on Sean. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah. um, no, seriously, you guys, I really am happy. I think Beyonce, people are looking for Beyonce to pop out in this way that feels familiar to them as far as like, a mo- as far as like you know, like putting out music, going on a tour. The former consistency. You know, but that's not what she's doing anymore. Beyonce's, right. her star power, her, her legacy, 
and her influence has reached new heights where she's controlling the culture now. Mm-hmm. And I really think that it's important for her to continue to just use her voice in ways that feel most authentic. And she's really growing and maturing and she's going deeper into herself. And so I don't think that there's like, it's not by surprise that she's saying, Hey, let me do this because blue is like 10. How does blue? I think she's nine. Nine. Yeah. She's like nine years old or eight or eight or, or eight, maybe eight. I don't yeah, know. I think she's eight. And then 2012. She has those, yeah. Those other two young kids like Rumi and sir, Rumi and sir, like she needs to be a mother right now. Like, and, and also I, I read in that same excerpt that she said she felt her most power giving birth. That's when she realized a part of her purpose. And, Do you, you know, think she wants to have another baby? I think Beyonce would be a girl who had may have like five kids. Really? On her diner Ross. Really? Wow. Yeah, I do. Oh, the young lady's name that shot it's the Kennedy Carter. Yes. Yes. She goes by Internet BB Baby. BBY. Yes. Internet Baby. Internet Baby. Yeah. Her name is Kennedy and, you Carter. Know, and, and the twenty one year old Beyonce fan. I'm really that excited became to see photographer, youngest photographer for Vogue. British Vogue. The the other shots. Yeah. Because the cover shots are really fabulous. And they're very and they're very Beyonce. <laughs> like this is body that like the leg body Beyonce. It's very Beyonce. Yeah. And her mug, she, like she looks like something out of Purple Rain, in on the on her leg up. Yeah. Like Prince would have went up for that. <laughs> yeah. So that is it for this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you all have enjoyed it. As always, please be sure to make sure you reach out to us. Uh, send us your questions for our Spill It segment. If you have any questions, you need any, you need any advice. If you're a young gay and you want to know how to navigate this world and, and with all the competition, you can reach out to us at <laughs> Vaughn at GrownUpGay.com, Malik at GrownUpGay.com, or GrownUpGay at gmail.com. Of course, all this is in the more info box wherever you are listening. Yes. Um, we hope you all have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll see you we'll all next time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>